stop. Here it goes. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Livestream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. My name is Melvin Gaines, and we are on location for this Livestream Sunday School event, and we appreciate you being here. We're going to play some music while we allow others to join us online here and get started as well as for the group that's at our church right now who's looking at this on the big screen. <laughs> but let me, let's get started with some music. Uh, the name of the song is What Is This by Kevin Lemons and Higher Calling TV. It's a great song. I highly recommend it if you can get it in your collection. So here it comes. This is a rehearsal, so you have to understand that this is not the actual song, but a uh, published song. I think the published song is by Walter Hawkins. You'll find a version like this one. <clears throat> hey, Brother Roscoe, good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning. It's good to know that it works. <laughs> Amen. Hey, Jackie, good morning, good morning. Good to see you. Glad you could make it today. I understand it's a little cold back that way, at least right now. Well, I won't make any comments here. <laughs> Turn up the music. The music is... I have to put it by a speaker. Let's see if I can do that. Let's try that. See if that works. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> yes, it's cold right now. I'm sorry. Amen. Amen. Glad you could hear it, Roscoe. Thanks. Thanks for the heads up. Had to get by the speakers. <laughs> Amen. If I tell you where you, where I am, you'll be uh, you might be upset, but I'll tell you. I'm in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Fort Lauderdale, about a half hour north of Miami. Yeah. <laughs> rest assured, it is not 22 degrees down here. It's pretty nice, actually. Visiting my dad, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. 
Right. Not bragging. He lives where he lives. <laughs> I can't do anything about that. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. We've had a blast. Hey, Greg, good morning. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Amen. Name of the song again is What Is This? And Liz, uh, good morning. Amen. <clears throat> very, very beautiful song. Very beautiful. Hey. All right, Arlen, well, was, hey, great job on finding that, and uh, we appreciate that music very much. That was, again, the Kevin Lemons, uh, the head of the group Higher Calling, and they did the, that was a rehearsal, <laughs> not the actual uh, being in church type thing, but a rehearsal of the song, What Is This? That's the name of the song. It's a song I think that several artists have recorded, if I'm not mistaken, so you'll be able to find that if you are so inclined, of course, on YouTube, and you can find that, I'm sure, on iTunes or whatever you might use. Look for Walter Hawkins' version, right? I agree of that song. Anyway, that's the music for today. Thank you for being here this morning. Yes, it is sunny and 25 in Akron, and um, here it is sunny and 77. So I'll just leave it there. Um, it's very, very pretty here. And in fact, we've just been blessed with really great weather because. Uh, Really windy the last couple of days with some gale warnings out on the ocean. And today it's a lot calmer, so it's going to be very pleasant and peaceful. And uh, we're just, uh, I'm glad that, uh, and just so you know, it is, a, it is a family visit, something I had promised to do earlier this year to come out and see my dad. And recognizing that my dad, now you got to kind of put it together here, he's uh, in his upper 80s, so it's really good to be able to see him. And uh, God bless you, he just jumped online. <laughs> and so, uh, for what it's worth, um, glad to be here, glad to spend some time with family. But let's get to the business at hand here. We've got um, some announcements, of course, to mention. Pastor Gus has uh, <laughs> Pastor Gus has a message that will be available online in the Akron Alliance Fellowship group timeline. Um, we were able to post to the group page uh, for his message. So if you are not going to church today, please go to the Akron Alliance Fellowship group page. It's a different page than this one, but it's, you'll just type in group and you'll find it. And his message will be available for, uh, for viewing immediately following Sunday school, of course. And, and, and Pearl looks like, uh, good morning, Pearl. Uh, she is, she's in Miami. Yes, we have a very uh, uh, visible live stream Sunday school. I got to tell you that. That's pretty cool. Uh, good morning, Walter and Pearl. Uh, God bless you. 
Uh, so Pastor Gus's message is called Righteousness. Uh, that is the name of the message. So that will be available again on the Akron Alliance Fellowship group page timeline for those who are not coming to church. If you're coming to church today, that message is going to be uh, performed uh, or, or delivered, excuse me, on uh, uh, after 1045 today. So we welcome you in church. Uh, if you can get there, we appreciate you doing that. Please remember your tithes and offerings. We mention this every week because we don't uh, take for granted where these tithes and offerings come from. We have people who are online with us who do not come to our church. So if you are so inclined to give uh, to our church and for the uh, purposes of uh, finances and taking having benevolent offerings, we appreciate you doing that. You can mail your tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship, and that's 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We appreciate you doing that. And, and just keeping that in mind, that is a way for you to um, show worship, worship through giving. That's what, exactly what it is. And, of course, you always pray for that and make sure that you are giving for the right reasons and not taking food out of your mouth, the, the, the whole nine yards with that, okay? We won't dwell on that any more than necessary. So let's get ahead, get ahead here with the message, and we are continuing our study in the book of John, chapter 6. John chapter 6, verses 22 through 40. We're going to cover all of that. And once again, this is more dialogue uh, between the people and Jesus. Uh, this is immediately following, of course, the early part of the chapter we covered where uh, Jesus fed the 5,000 plus uh, with the uh, five loaves of bread and two fish. And also there was the journey on the Sea of Galilee that where the storm was uh, taking place and Jesus was walking on the water. So that this is all following that. And of course, there were many people that were witnesses, of course, to the feeding of the uh, of the people, and they knew that Jesus was being pursued, and so he they were going to try to follow him wherever he was going. And but we what we're going to find out in this particular topic that some of them were following him not necessarily to be followers of Jesus, quote unquote, but more of just trying to. Uh, look for more material things from him more than anything else. And, and so we'll look at that with greater detail. So with that in mind, and knowing that that's the message, the, the, the Sunday School lesson ahead of us for today, let's go ahead and do what's appropriate and get into the Word with first prayer. Amen. Father, thank you for this time that you set aside for us to have Sunday School every Sunday. And we thank you that we're able to do it in such a way where Lord, we want to be fed by your word each time we do this. And we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit. We know that where more than two are gathered, you are indeed present, Lord. And we thank you for the Spirit to help us derive wisdom and knowledge from what's being said. We thank you for your teaching. <clears throat> we wouldn't be who we are today without your teaching and your very presence in our lives. Bless us now, Lord. We thank you and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everyone, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to John chapter 6. Let's take a look at verses 22 through 40. I'm going to read through on the, with the New Living Translation of verses 22 through 40 of John chapter 6. And we're going to look at what is said here in the, in the lesson. <clears throat> the, the theme of this Sunday School lesson, just so you're aware, is about how Jesus is indeed the true bread from heaven. And we'll be talking about that a little bit more. Um, and, of course, when Jesus calls himself the bread of life, then he's using an accurate 
representation of who he is and what, and what is being represented here for this particular study. So let's go ahead and start reading. Uh, you read with me, please, from your Bible version. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, as I had mentioned. John chapter 6, starting at verse 22, to pick up uh, from where we left off last week. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. Verse 25, they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. <clears throat> Pardon me. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of God, Son of Man, can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Verse 29, Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Verse 30, they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. <clears throat> Pardon me. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Verse 34. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But you haven't believed in me, even though you have seen me. However, those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. Verse 38, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. And this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but I, that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. Okay, we read quite a bit there. And this is again just a continuation of a lot of the dialogue that uh, John in his writing of this book, um, essentially is telling us that Jesus had interactions with the people often, and some of them were, uh, frankly, con uh, filled with conflict. And, and we need to understand that this is really not that hard to understand or believe today when we really consider the fact that um, a lot of us are in conflict here <laughs> when it comes to Jesus. And I'm not really speaking about believers, but I'm speaking about people who maybe you're curious about Jesus or maybe you're but, but they're more skeptical uh, about following Christ and so that's kind of the tone that we see here when we look at this passage John chapter 6 verses 22 through 40 so let's go back and look at this 
And here's the thing. We, we, one of the things that we did yesterday um, to leading into this whole thing about eating food, um, we went to a restaurant yesterday, a, a Benihana, uh, down here uh, where we're at. And the food was delicious. And, you know, they prepare the food when you order uh, right in front of you so you get it hot and you see there are fresh ingredients involved. And you're getting more and more hungry as you're watching them prepare the food because that's just what it does to you, right? You, there's a natural response that you have when you smell the smells and even the sounds of even preparing the food. You just uh, get uh, a little bit more and more hungry. And, and honestly, it's a natural thing to do that. And so... When you eat and are satisfied, it's a great thing, right? You 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 enjoy a great meal and you enjoy a great time, of course, in fellowship as you go. Um, and that's what we did yesterday with the family. But I want you to see something here about the parallel to just eating for the sake of being fed for nourishment's sake or for satisfaction's sake. But now we're talking about being fed spiritually and understanding that what Jesus is going to be doing here is challenging the people who are... Uh, questioning him about who he is and where he, what he's all about. And, and that's even with knowing that he was able to provide food for everyone, let's say, the day before when they had the communication. So let's go back to the top. John chapter 6, verse 22. The next day the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. And so there's a lot of scrutiny about who Jesus is. And they're looking at his every move and they're trying to determine what's going on with him and who is this guy. I mean, that's really what it's coming down to, right? So it says, verse 23, several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. So they're going after him. They want to see if they can find him. And then verse 25 they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Verse 26, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. Now, I had a, a brief discussion about this earlier, how uh, from, I guess yesterday, a conversation I was in yesterday about how uh, the Lord did not make it clear to everyone present about who Jesus was. If anything... The disciples were confused about it. They didn't really put two and two together. That How do you get five loaves of bread and two fish into feeding about 10,000 people? And that's something, and, and they were all filled uh, full, and they got all of the, the extra baskets. Twelve baskets came back. Twelve baskets of food that was left over. And one thing that I didn't mention last week, it was one for every disciple. They were able to see that there was a, a plentiful amount of food that was left over, and yet they still didn't make the connection right away, which God may have hindered on purpose uh, for a teaching moment that was coming down the road. But be that as it may, they had the 12 baskets, and so these other people who also saw the same thing that the disciples saw were now trying to get more information about who Jesus was. So they followed him, they pursued him. But you have to understand something that, that the disciples, remember the, the events that took place on the lake as well too, just as a refresher course here where the disciples were trying to row across uh, the Sea of Galilee to get to Capernaum and they Jesus was not with them, but Jesus walked on the water 
and made himself, identified himself to them. And understand that his presence, when the disciples were looking at him, it was more of like an apparition. Uh, he didn't look like, you know, himself. He, he looked like an image of himself or something of that of, uh, as far as we can account for in Scripture. And so those disciples in the boat, they were amazed too at how Jesus was moving about and moving about without a boat. <laughs> so that's, a, that's one very important thing to see here too. And so the intrigue just continued from that point and Jesus already knew the response of the disciples and the crowd when it came to the feeding part. Okay, He was well aware of it. And what was happening here, if you go back to verse 26... Jesus replied I, in, in John chapter 6, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. And then let's read verse 27 with that. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy, spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. So let's focus on that a little bit. Jesus was criticizing the people and he was doing so um, following him not for the physical, not for, it was only for, only for the physical, excuse me, and temporal benefits, getting something to eat, right? Getting a meal. You don't know to the degree of how much food was available in those areas and, and the cost of it and everybody could buy the food. That's really not material. It's more about the fact that some of these people who were trying to follow Jesus, they were looking at him more as a meal ticket, <laughs> a meal ticket, like eating bread and fish or whatever it is, rather than looking at him for who he really was, which was the Messiah. And that's what he's saying in verse 27. Um, take a look for me, uh, please, at um, Jesus is at John chapter 14, verse 10. You can just... Um, Put your finger where you are in, in John chapter 6. But go to John 14. John chapter 14, verse 10. All throughout this book, as I had mentioned, Jesus is communicating with the people and he's always asking the question, do you believe in me? Do you believe in me? Do you believe who I am? Do you believe who I say I am? Do you believe that I'm telling the truth? Do you understand uh, who I am and the truth? And it says in verse 10 of John chapter 14, which is also put online for, the, for you to view as well too, don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. He's making the connection all throughout this book and especially here in where we are in John chapter 6 that he is directly connected to the Father, directly connected to the Lord. And people, of course, are unless you are really in tune to the Spirit speaking to you, it's going to sound weird to those who uh, have hardened hearts. They're not really sure who they're looking at. There's always this challenge in their minds about the authority of Jesus, what you've done, who you're all about. Um, that's what's been going on all throughout this. The Pharisees did it uh, openly uh, a couple of chapters back. We read about that as well, too. But we have to understand that people have to get over their carnal impulses, okay? Their desire to eat and contrast that with 
spiritual food, the spiritual feeding of who Jesus is. That's what he's telling you. In verse 27, Spend your energies seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. Um, And let's understand something too, and this is kind of a sidebar, but people who are in churches today need to do a better job of recognizing the spiritual food that Jesus provides. Uh, We have had potluck dinners at our church and we've had events uh, where people come in, but they come in not for the spiritual food. In fact, they would, in fact, a lot of them would show up uh, right at the time when church was almost over with and, and then come in and look for a, a free meal uh, from one of our potlucks. This was before COVID, but that's exactly what we were doing before and we haven't gone back to that and not sure we're going to do that. <laughs> I have to see. But the point is is that people were coming to be fed to, to make sure that they had their meal for the day or whatever it was they were going for. And the criticism is that Jesus is saying that these people, sometimes within the church itself, they're going to use their religion or their beliefs to gain prestige, to um, provide comfort for themselves perhaps. And, and, but all of that is self-centered, self-centered. The church should be more involved in the business of making sure that people are taken care of, not just with the feeding part, but also the Word of God and encouraging people to get into the Word of God and focus on the Word of God. Yes, the meals are good. The meals are good for feeding ourselves because we want to have lunch or something like that, but we're not doing it just for the sake of getting something to eat. We're doing it because we're fellowshipping with other believers and we're staying in the Word even as we go and staying in prayer as we go. Stay Getting into the habit of thinking about those things that matter most when it comes to church fellowship. And what matters most to church fellowship is making sure and encouraging everyone with prayer and staying in the Word. Jesus was exposing the motives of those people. And they were he was telling them that a true believer following Jesus knows he has the way the truth and the life and you know where that is right that's in John chapter 14 verse 6 so we want to recognize that as well and let's go back now to John chapter 6 verse 28 and pick up where we left off there they reply this was after Jesus spoken about the seal of approval from God the Father we want to perform God's works too see this this is the thing we need to understand here too. They're, they're, they're listening to Jesus, but they're not listening to him. They're, they're being more, in my opinion, arrogant. But you know, let's not go there too much because you know there may be people who are uh, sincerely trying to seek the Lord and are asking questions, and they want to perform God's works. But we, if if they really know what Scripture is talking about here, um, <clears throat> they say, what should we do? Well, we know that. Our works, if we go back to Old Testament scripture, our works are like filthy rags to the Lord. But that comes from knowledge. Reading scripture and understanding what scripture tells us, God wants us to be focused on him. God wants us to be obedient to his word. If you're talking about work, that's what he wants. He wants us to do those things. Those are the most important things we can do. And look what it says in verse 29 to affirm that. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. 
we can't emphasize enough that Jesus is telling everyone here, everyone who reads this passage, everyone who is looking at who he is and where his life is, to believe in him. Believe that he comes from God the Father. Believe that he was sent to earth. And he was sent there for a purpose and a reason, and that was to be obedient to the Father and to ultimately be the sacrifice on the cross for us, shedding his blood for us to atone for our sin and making us righteous before God that we can have fellowship with him for all eternity. That's the purpose of Jesus' being uh, here on earth. That was the purpose. And so we recognize that and we understand that. And, you know, there are people who are puzzled about who Jesus is because they don't quite understand how he can do those things or how he's able to do those things. Well, that's where your faith comes in. And who has to give us this faith? The Holy Spirit has to give us the ability to have this faith. In our own way of human reasoning and understanding, we would have a hard time with this. We would have a hard time believing it. And honestly, that is, uh, frankly, Satan is very, very clever, very busy making sure that there are a number of people who don't believe that truth, don't believe that message. Believe on him whom God has sent. Satisfying God does not come from the work that we do, but from whom we believe. The works that we do, they may be good works when it comes to how we look at things, if you know, even feeding someone else, providing meals, but that's not what gets us salvation. That's not what gets us favor with God. Just believe in Him and we have favor with Him. Accepting Jesus for who He claims to be. That was what the challenge was for the people there listening to him. Accepting Jesus for who he claims to be. How do you see Jesus? How do you look at him? I'm going to challenge everyone online with me and and those who can see this. You're still learning about Jesus at your age. Whatever your age is, you're still learning much more about him it doesn't stop at a certain place. Well, the only time it stops is when you die because there's nothing more for you to learn. Um, that's where it would, it would end officially. But for as long as you have breath, praise the Lord and learn more about him as you go because that's really what it's all about, believing. You've got to believe who Jesus is, who he claims to be. And all of your spiritual development is built on this affirmation. Why? Because the more you acknowledge who Jesus is in, in, in your life and where he is and the impact of that, he is going to teach you and show you more and more. You'll be curious about him automatically because you recognize that Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that you've done. You're The reason why you're here is because of Jesus Christ. And so that's exactly why you need to always stay Focus on his word and go in prayer. Go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Matthew 16, verse 16. Um, and we're going to recognize that this is the response that when Jesus asked the disciples who the people say I am, and then he's asked the question, who do you think I am? Well, uh, Simon Peter answers the question. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. And it says, Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. <clears throat> now look at verse 17. I'm, I'm putting this in here for you just to understand. 
the response here. It says, Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Amen and amen. You see that? Your knowledge of who God is, who Jesus is, comes directly from the Father through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> of course, the triune God operates all in unison. They all have different ways of functioning within the Godhead, but they convey truth. Every one of them conveys truth. Simon Peter answered that question because God revealed it to him that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And I'm not going to say that everybody who goes to church believes that or understands that. I'm just going to put it out there. There are people around us that we need to pray for. We don't want to make any assumptions about people who uh, are believers or non-believers. We, we, of course, know their work by the fruits, by what they do, how they act, how they behave. But it has to come down to, uh, if you go to a church and you don't hear any mention about Jesus Christ, after sitting under a couple, three different uh, messages, then it's time to go. Because Jesus has to be at the forefront of everything that we're doing. Has to be. There has to be a mention of Jesus Christ in churches. We, we, I wish I could say that all churches were faithful when it comes to preaching the word. And I'll just leave it there. You have to go by what you were exposed to as you were uh, looking at different churches and how those things were being carried out. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And understand that if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that's a very satisfying thing to God. He loves it. He loves the fact that you believe in Him. He loves the fact that you uh, regard Him as important in your life. And He is going to affirm that and respond and really show you and teach you some things. Okay. Back to the passage. And I want to make sure that I can go. Oh, okay, We're, we left off at verse 29. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. And then verse 30. <laughs> here we go again. Um, they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? What smart alecky stuff, right? Uh, these are their questions that are coming. This is not, uh, they were already shown a miraculous sign. You understand? They already saw miraculous things from Jesus. They already knew that he had performed a miracle, but they really didn't care. And they really didn't make that connection with that. So, verse 31. After all, our ancestors ate manna. <laughs> and uh, while they journeyed through the wilderness, the scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And verse 32. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. Let's be logical about this. My father did. It came down from heaven. <laughs> but they would much rather give Moses the credit for that manna than give God any credit for it. Did you pick up on that? You see the motivation of the people who are questioning Jesus? My father did and now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So we see what's going on here and what we're seeing here is about the will of the Father, the will of God 
to make sure that Jesus is represented as the Son of God, the Son of Man, as he calls himself. The people were demanding a continuation of the miracle that happened in the preceding evening uh, when they were sitting on the lawn. They were, frankly, continuing to complain. They were listening to the religious leaders as well, too, the people who were also involved, and they were... They were not very pleased with what was going on as far as how Jesus was getting more and more popular. And remember that Jesus disappeared because the people wanted to make him king. He wanted to get out of there before they could try to do something like that and avoid that because that's not was that was not fulfilling the purpose of the Lord Jesus. He was not to be installed as a king right then and there. He had more work to do and had more things that he had to show. And of course, he had to go to the cross for us. That was most important. So there was a lot of opposition that was growing at the time. And honestly, we'll read later on in this chapter too how there were a lot of failures that were taking place. Failures for people to understand who Jesus was. Failures for, and even his disciples were having trouble. They were scuffling with who Jesus was. But they were still learning and they were still taking all this in. And remember what had to happen for the disciples. Same way we have to learn things, the Spirit has to show us. The Spirit has to reveal it to us. Always keep reading your Bible, everybody. Keep looking at Scripture. If you don't understand something at one point in your life, it may be a couple of years later, if you just stay focused on reading in the Word, stay in the Bible plan that we've always talked about, stay in the Word, and God will reveal it to us. God had to reveal truths to the disciples after Jesus died on the cross and came back. He had to do all those things for them so that they would have greater understanding. But now, even more than that, the power of the Holy Spirit to work through them and with them as they proclaim the message about Jesus Christ after Jesus ascended to heaven. They had to be specially built for this. They had to be specially built for what they were going to be doing. And this teaching and instruction had to be done in such a manner where they wouldn't get it right away. They would fail. They would stumble. But yet they will be growing and learning once the Spirit enlightened them to that. I pray that the Spirit's doing that for you too. And let's look at this thing about the manna from heaven, which we discussed earlier. All Jesus was doing was showing that he could, well, the Lord was doing at the time, when the manna from heaven came down, it was a mission to not just feed the people. It was a provision of food. But he was showing his provision for the people. It would lead them to the human spirit recognizing truth, love, and hope. Where were they? In the wilderness. What were they doing? Traveling in the wilderness. And you'll remember that this was a very, very uh, touchy travel time when Moses and Aaron were dealing with these people because they didn't believe. They struggled with their belief. They questioned their belief. Satan was very busy <laughs> in this situation. And you've got to understand that that's what he wants to do. He wants to attack us, attack the people of God, and make you challenge and question the faith that you're in. Do you recognize that? He wants you to question what God says about who he is. He doesn't want you to think that God is capable of doing wonderful things. But as you live longer and you get more exposed to what God is doing in your life, you'll see 
that you have all the information you need to overcome any tricks, any difficulties that Satan gives you about who God truly is. You have everything that you need if you stay in prayer and stay focused on what God is doing. And we need to understand that, yes, God is our provision. He was our provision. We saw the provision of that when he was feeding the, the 5,000 plus. He's our provision for us. We have food on our table every week, every day. We are prayerful that we recognize that. He's providing that food for us. Yes, we go to the grocery store. Yes, we get But it's all funneling from God, everybody. It's, that's where it's coming from. Uh, and so we need to recognize that we're blessed to be able to eat. But he's showing us now to make that connection from the physical, the satisfaction of eating a great meal, uh, to the spiritual. And, and that's what we need to do. It's his provision for us. God isn't hungry or thirsty. He doesn't need food. He doesn't need any of those things. It's our provision. He gives it to us because he knows that we need it. He knows that we have to have it for proper nutrition. But he also wants you to understand because he's providing it, we say, Amen, thank you, Lord, and praise to you for giving us this provision. We're developing a mindset of worship. As we live longer and longer, we recognize that I had to do the same thing. I'm developing a mindset of worship for who God is in my life. Because I recognize that I would not be here without him. I know my dad wouldn't be here without him. And everybody that I know is here because the Lord is giving us this opportunity to minister and worship and praise him and speak about his truth and love to other people. That's our purpose. At the end of the day, our purpose is to glorify God. And we are living out that purpose today. Everyone within the sound of my voice is living out that purpose today. But you need to recognize it. And you need to understand that that's what's going on. So, we need to turn from all the distractions of the world. Turn from those things about just the temporal things. And focus on Him. And we need to have a hunger and a thirst for who Jesus is. That's what he's saying down here in verse 35. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But look at what it says again here in verse 36. Back to John chapter 6 verse 36. But you haven't believed in me even though you have seen me. See? However, Verse 37, however, those that the Father has given me will come to me and I will never reject them. And it says in verse 38, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. Now, when you hear something like this for the first time, does it make you want to believe? Do you think some of the people there in that crowd were truly believing Jesus? The ones that are more outspoken were the ones who were challenging Jesus just based upon the dialogue we're reading in Scripture. But it should make you think. Is the Spirit giving you the wisdom that you need to understand exactly what Jesus is saying here? And that is going to be for our friends who are online who don't believe or don't know or don't quite understand what's being said. Pray to God for wisdom and understanding. Pray to God for Him to show you exactly what it means about what we're referring to here about how Jesus came down for us 
Jesus lived on earth as a human, fully human and fully God, for us. Jesus was making the sacrifice for us, for you. So that's what we need to understand here. I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me not to do my own will. That's again John chapter 6 verse 38. Jesus did not work independently of God the Father, but he worked in union with him. Everything he was doing was in the Father's will. He says it over and over again. We need to be always sensitive to doing the will of God. Whatever the will of God is, that's where we want to be. We want to be in that camp. We always want to be in the camp where God's will is being followed by how we live. All of our churches should be praying for that. All of us individually should be praying for that. Every church should be existing for one purpose and one purpose only. To proclaim the truth and be in God's will. Be in God's will. Stay in His will. We always want to make sure that we're mindful of what we're getting involved in when it comes to our churches. But making sure that what we're doing is doing what? Proclaiming His truth and being obedient to Him and His will. That is the purpose. That is what we need to always be doing. Jesus' purpose was to do the will of God, not to satisfy Jesus' human desires. He was doing exactly what he needed to do. Jesus knew he was going to the cross. Jesus scuffled. The human side of Jesus scuffled with that. But it was much more important for him to be obedient to the will of the Father. And that's always going to be our struggle too. We sometimes scuffle because we are being obedient to the will of God and we face all kinds of opposition. We face persecution. You know, people sometimes have you know lost their jobs because they were believers uh, and, you know, on the job and for whatever reason, you know, forget about the fact that that's against the law. It doesn't really matter. Some people have lost their jobs and they've had to fight through those things. And we have to recognize that that's a real thing. That's a real concern. The approach that we should always have when it comes to things like diversity, equity, and inclusion is that all people of all faiths, all colors, all individuals are able to come together and there should be no favoritism for any one person over another. We are all, we have to understand that God doesn't play favorites. We should be playing favorites. We should be doing the same thing. But we know how our world is, right? We don't do that. <laughs> Sometimes don't do it very well. We're not very effective at it. God teaches us so many different ways for us to live that can be applied to our regular, daily, normal lives if we would just pay attention to Him, look at His character and see what He does. Okay. So, He was there to do the will of the Father and when we follow Jesus, we need to have the same purpose. Do the will of the Father. Follow His will. Can't emphasize that enough. And let's get to the end here. And this is the will of God. Back to verse 39 in John chapter 6. Excuse me. And this is the will of God that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me. Did you get that? But that I should raise them up at the last day. Verse 40. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. Amen. I will raise them up at the last day. The last day being what? The day when all of us go before the Lord. Recognize and, and of course we bow down and worship him. 
that He is the Lord of our lives. We recognize who He is. And there's going to be a time, there's going to be a last day that Jesus is referring to. We don't know when that day is. But you know what? Live your day every day in the will of God and focus on that. That's the most important thing we can do today. We don't know when Jesus is going to return. We don't know the return date. I think some of us maybe have the expectation it's going to be very soon because of what's going on in the world. Let me tell you something. Don't do that. It's not going to necessarily have anything to do with how crazy things are in the world. He is going to return at a time you don't expect. That's what he says in his word. It's a time when you don't expect him to come back. And that could be tomorrow, but I'm just going to challenge you that it's a time you don't expect. If you don't expect him to be coming, watch out. That's the more of the time we're going to be seeing who Jesus is and when he returns, when we see him face to face, frankly, that's what it's going to come down to. But let's get back to verse 39 again. This is the will of God, once again, that I should not lose even one of all those he has given me, but I should raise them up at the last day. He is making a commitment. He is making a commitment that he doesn't lose one person who believes in Jesus as Lord and Jesus in Jesus as Savior. Not one person. No one will be snatched out of his hand, ever. He makes that promise in Scripture. Christ will not let his people be overcome by Satan and lose their salvation. You know why? Because Jesus Christ guarantees their salvation. Um, take a look real quick. Flip up to John chapter 17. And I did want to cover this because I remember uh, looking at it when I was doing the study here. This is the chapter we should all refer to, frankly, almost as a guideline for how Jesus sees us, sees his responsibility, sees his role. This is his prayer to God within his prayer to God. In John chapter 17, verse 12, look what he says here. Something very important to always remember. Remember, he always speaks truth. He is always honest about who he is. During my time here, I protected them by the power of the name you gave me. I guarded them so that not one was lost, except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. And that's Judas. We, we know who he is. That's who he's referring to. And, and that's one of the disciples, but he was entered by Satan. He was controlled by Satan. He did not believe in Jesus. He chose to live in opposition. He chose to live outside of God's will. That's a choice he made. We don't ever want to choose that. We don't ever want to do that. We always want to live according to his will. Um, there's another passage here. Let's go to Philippians 1.6. One more. We're going to have to end here because we're running out of time. Looking at my the time on the clock here. Philippians 1.6. Great passage here that's going to also reinforce what we just talked about. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. God is working right now. He is working through us. He is working with us. He is working in concert with us. Because we are being obedient to the will of the Father. He has been showing us the example of being obedient to the will of the Father. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be obedient to God's will. Those who put their faith in Christ will be resurrected from physical death to eternal life with God when Christ comes again. When Christ comes again. Uh, let's try one more. 
1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. And again, for those who have struggled with their faith, when I read a passage like this, it's going to sound foreign. It's going to sound like it doesn't make any sense. But if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you just have that mustard seed of faith and believe that He is the Son of God, that will take care of all of this reasoning and understanding. It will all make more sense to you. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 52. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. Amen. Amen. One more, real quick. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 16. Gives again the same account just now being done for the sake of the Thessalonians and the coming of the Lord. And this is for everybody who reads Scripture. The Lord is promising to return. He is coming back. He is saying He's coming back. Verse 16, For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, in verse 17, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. And I might as well just add it because we need to be encouraged sometimes by what God is saying to us. And verse 18 says, so encourage each other with these words. Jesus has us. If we're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, he has us. He has control of our very souls. And we are to be reassured for that. We're going to shed this body and be with the Lord forever. But we are going to have new bodies at that some point in the future. That'll be in existence with him. Very new and unique bodies. We can't quite put our finger on exactly what that means, but I know that given where I am today, I would love to have a new body <laughs> because I need one. And I think a lot of you would agree with that as well too. Amen. So we understand that this is again the Lord teaching us. He's the true bread from heaven. He wants all of us to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the lesson for all of us to remember, he's the bread of life. You'll never be hungry spiritually again if you trust in him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time in Sunday school. Thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness and your presence. We pray, Lord, now that you help us to go forward today with you in mind as we hear the upcoming message in church. And Lord, we thank you for your teaching that how you encourage us to just get more and more into your word. We want to learn more about you. Our curiosity cannot be satisfied because we want to hear more from you. We want to hear more about you. Lord, you're the one who made us and created us. May we always have the attitude to recognize that we are, should never be so arrogant to think that we can't live without you, that we don't need you. Help us to focus on you today, Lord. We just thank you. We thank you for your loving kindness and your patience with us as we try to gain more understanding. And we just want to give you all the praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for another... <laughs> my bride in the background. The uh, My assistant. 
taking care of things online. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. Stay tuned for Pastor Gus's message on righteousness on the Akron Alliance Fellowship group page. For those of you going to Akron today, bundle up. Take care of yourselves. God bless you all. And we will see you next time.